Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas Yehudis Bashmuel, and today's daft is daft Tzadi Dalit. We're going to go from the Mishnah at the bottom of Tzadi Gimel Amud Beis. So the Mishnah says, Hamoitzi Oichin Pochos Mikashir Bekli Potur Afalakli. If you carry out food that is less than the shir in a kli, you're exempt even for carrying out the kli. Shehakli Metfelelo because the kli is secondary to the food. Uh, remember, we know that what's the minimum shear of food? So a kogregreris, a dried fig size. What happens if you carry out a few raisins in a bowl? So there, you potter on the food, you're also potter on the bowl. It's an interesting Mahlokes Rambam Ravid here. Does the, look, because the bowl is secondary to the food. The only reason you're carrying the bowl is to hold the food. So if you chive on the food, then you'll be chive for carrying. If you're not chive on the food, well, you're also not chive for carrying on the bowl because, again, it's secondary to it. Rambam um, and Raiva, they argue, does, the, does it have to be necessary for the food? I mean, I can't think of size, maybe a plum or something like that, where you don't really need the bowl. Or is it, um, would you be, would you, if you're exempt for carrying the plum because it's less than the size, would you be exempt for carrying the, the, uh, would you be exempt for carrying the bowl? Or like the Ravid says, he says, no, only if it is necessary, like it's mulberries or um, strawberries or maybe something smaller, like grains of wheat. There you need the bowl, so there if you carry the food less than a shir, you'd be exempt from the bowl. But that's interesting, Mahlokes. Then it says, If you carry out a person lying or sitting on a bed, you're exempt for, you're, not only are you exempt for carrying the live person, you're also exempt for carrying the bed, because the bed is secondary to the live person. The only reason you're carrying the bed is to move the live person. And as we'll see, we'll discuss it further later on, there's a concept of a a living person carries himself, and therefore he would be, um, you'd not be liable. Therefore, he, you know, you're not high for carrying a living person. If you carry a dead person on a bed, then you'd be high of. And similarly, if someone carried a kazais of a mace or a kazais of an avela or a lentil-sized piece of sheret, chayev. We'd be chayev, Rabbi Shimon, poiter, and in all of these cases, Rabbi Shimon says you're exempt. Now, we don't see who the Tanakama is who says if you carry out a mace on a bed, you chayev, and if you carry out... Um, all of these other items on the bed, the novella or the, or the sheretz, etc., that you are chayev, but we do see it's Rabbi Shimon that is potter. And both Rashi and Tosis learn that this Mishnah is discussing what's called the Malacha She'en Shrikha Bringing back memories, we've discussed this concept, we've touched on it a few times throughout the Masechta, what's called the Malacha She'en Shrikha This seems to be the pri- one of the primary, if not the primary, places where this Machloikes is mentioned. I mean, obviously not with those words, but in the Mishnah. Now let's just analyze the case. So we'll just discuss the case of carrying a dead person outside of the house. Now, what's the reason you want to carry the dead person outside of the house? It's because it's tome or the smell or something like that. So you're carrying it outside of the house from Rishus HaYochid into Rishus HaRabim. Rabbi Yehuda says you chayev and Rabbi Shimon says you potter. Now, and 
all explain the reason Rabbi Shimon says you potter is because it's a malacha she'en shrikha So, what is that? If you look, um, I mean, there's this long tosos on the next page, on the next Amud, and there's this, and Rashi here. So let's just start with Rashi's way of looking at it. So I'm going to read Rashi inside. So he says, for Rabbi Shimon potter, Rabbi Shimon says you potter. It's the Rashi, um, so he says, even if you carry out a whole mace, Rabbi Shimon would say you're exempt. It's a malacha that is not done for itself. Now, now he explains what is a malacha shayn shrikha lagufa. So he says, any malacha that's not necessary, he wants to remove it from him. He wants to distance himself from it. Have a malacha she'ena tshricha lekufa. It's what's called the malacha she'en tshricha lekufa. The birtzana lo ba'ala. He didn't want to be in this situation. V'lo hayot tzarich lo, and he doesn't need the result. Hilkach lav malacha machsheves. He therefore is not considered a meleches machsheves. Le Rebbe Shimon, according to Rebbe Shimon. So again, you've you don't want to be in this situation. You just want to remove yourself from it or remove it from you. Get it out of your way. You don't want the mace in the house. You don't want the mace in the Rosh Hashanah. You just don't want the mace by you. And you don't even want to be in the scenario that you actually have to move the mace. Um, another way they phrase it is Menias Hahezek. You want to remove the damage. You don't want to, you don't specifically, you're not interested in moving the mace or that the mace is there or is not there. You just want to prevent the damage. I prevent the bad smell, or prevent the tumor, um, etc. That's uh, that's Rashi's definition. Again, why is it malacha she'en shrikha Because you don't really want to do the malacha. You just want to remove something from your presence. Let's phrase it like that. Tosfos, and this is the long Tosfos on the next, uh, Amud, he says as follows. Um... Rabbi Shimon Poite, that's a Tibra Maskal, he says, Nire Lari, it appears to read, the Malacha Shain Shrikalakufa, Kari. What's called the Malacha Shain Shrikalakufa? Kesha Oise Malacha, the Ain Sorich La Oise Tarik, Ain Shayot Shrikim Laba Mishkan. Where you do an act, and you're not doing it for the same, you're doing an act for a need, but not the same need as was done in the Mishkan. Elele Inyan Ache for another reason. And then Tosis gives a few examples. He says, when you carry the dead person outside of your house, all the carrying in the Mishkan was to get the plank, let's say, for example, from point A to point B. Whereas when you're carrying this mace, your goal isn't to get it to point B. Your goal is to just get it out of point A or to remove the smell or the tumor from the house. And then Tosis gives another example that we see late, that we see elsewhere. If someone traps a snake, now the shaloya um, to prevent it biting him. And he says, why did they trap animals, the tachash etc. in the mishkan? Because they wanted the heart or they wanted the animal. And so if you're trapping a snake because you don't want the snake, it's a malacha shein shirchalakufa because you're doing it not for the same reason as was done in the mishkan. And he gives you know, he gives another example. Mafis Musa, if someone pierces uh, like a pimple or a blister or something. Generally, that could be um, that's considered boine because you're making an opening for the pus to come out. Now, if you but the reason that they would make openings in the Mishkan was for things to go in and out the doorway. That's why it's boine. If you're making this blister just so that some of the moisture, some of the pus or whatever comes out, 
Well, that's not the same reason as done in the Mishkan. Therefore, it's not considered um, boina, it's not considered making an opening. Okay, so that's, uh, that's the general. So again, we have this machloikis of this very fundamental concept to every malacha, that underlines every malacha. Um, and again, that is, according to Rashi, is where you don't really want to do the malacha. You don't even want to have to do that act. You just want to remove something that's bothering or damaging you. Otsar. Comes along Tosis and they say, that's not the definition of a malacha shein shrikha The definition of a malacha shein shrikha lekufa is where you want... Where you're doing the malacha, but not for the same reason that was done in the Mishkan. And there are actually a few interesting differences that come out between Rashi and Tosos. Some of them we've seen, so I'll mention it. Digging a hole in the ground. We generally say, so let's say that you're digging a hole in the ground in your garden. That's generally considered choyresh, plowing, digging, preparing to plant. What happens if you dig a hole because you want the sand? For whatever reason, you need to cover up some dirt or something like that. So you would dig up a hole because you want the sand. So according to Tosvos, that is a malacha shein shrikha Because when they dug holes in the Mishkan, it was to plant or to build in as like a foundation or something like that. But why are you digging this hole? Because you want the sand. So it's a malacha shein shrikha According to Rashi, is it a malacha shein It's not. Because Rashi says, what's a malacha shein shrikha Where you want to prevent something. Here you want the malacha, you want it. It's constructive. So that, I should have mentioned this, this is one of the main differences between Rashi and Tosos, is if the malacha shein shrikha is still constructive, according to Rashi, you would be chayev, because it's no longer you want to prevent it, you want to be out of the situation, it's you want it. And we'll see in the next mission, I'll mention it again when we get there, but the next mission is going to discuss cutting your nails or biting your nails. Tos would say that you could only be chayav according to Rabbi Yehuda who holds your chayav for Malacha Shen Shrikha because according to Rabbi Shimon, when you cut your nails, you're not generally when, what's cutting nails? Shearing. Now when you shear an animal, it's because you want the wool. So when you cut your nails, it's because you don't want the nails. So Tosa said it's a Malacha Shen Shrikha But according to Rashi, it's constructive. You do want your nails cut and you want, because it's more beautiful and it's more pleasant. So therefore, cutting your nails would be an actual malacha, even according to Rabbi Shimon. Okay, those are just two examples. Let's go on in the Gemara. So, yeah. So it says Hamoiti. Um, so the Gemara says Toner Abonan, bottom of Tzadi Gimel Amud base ninety three B. Toner If you carry out food the right measurement, im bekli kli. If you carry them in a kli, you'll still be chav for the food, but not for the kli. If you needed the kli, I, you, you've got to carry some bananas, you're carrying some bananas to where you're having your picnic or something like that, or across the road to your friend's house, but, and you're also going to need a bowl there, so you carry the bananas in a bowl. Well, then you'll be chav also for carrying the kli. Now, what have we implied? That if you're doing one act of carrying, you're carrying a bowl and fruit, you be chayav for both of them. This sounds like what happens if you eat two pieces of kazais in one lapse of awareness. We've discussed this a few times, but we know that to be chayav separate korban chatois, you have to have it. It has to be done in different lapses of awareness. You have to eat chaylev and then realize, oh wait, I wasn't allowed to eat that, it was chaylev. 
and then eat chaylev again, and then say, oh wait, I wasn't allowed to eat chaylev. Then you'd be chayev two kobachatas. What happens if you eat a piece of chaylev, and then you, a few minutes later you eat another piece of chaylev, and then later on only you realize that you can't eat a piece of chaylev. That, oh wait, that was chaylev, I shouldn't have eaten those two kazaisas. We generally say, behelemechot is potu. So here you carried a bowl and fruit. Why should you be chayev two separate kobachatas? You should be exempt. Says Omar, Rav Sheshe says, "Hachav b'ma'askin." And Rav Sheshe says, "No, what are we dealing with here?" Says Shogag ala oichlin vehizid ala kli, where he forgot to that he wasn't allowed to carry food, but he carried the kli on purpose. Right, so what's he chayav now? What's the punishment if you carry on purpose on Shabbos misa? So when it says chayav, it's not saying chayav achatas; it's saying chayav a. Chayav um, Misa. Matkif lo Ravashi. Ravashi says, V'ho afalakli katari. The Mishnah says, You chayav even for the kli. Implies that it's discussing, it's not discussing chattas and misa. It sounds like it's discussing the same thing. So it's Elo Amar Ravashi. Rather Ravashi says, What's the case? You forgot and you carried the bowl and the fruit. You forgot you weren't allowed to carry a bowl and you forgot you weren't allowed to carry food. And then he realized, Oh wait, I carried food. And then because of Anoida, only later on he realized Anoida law, he realized that he carried the bowl. So he realized at two separate stages that he had done carrying and separate carryings. And this is actually the Machloikes, Rabbi Yochan and Reish Lokish. We saw earlier on in the Masechta. We know that if a person does a Melocha and then he realizes that he shouldn't have done that Melocha and then he does a Melocha a second time and realizes for the Melocha, then he'd have to bring two separate Koban Chattas. We also know that if he does two malachas in one lapse of awareness and he realizes he did both malachas, that he is high of only one korban chattas for both malachas because it was done behelem echod in one lapse of awareness. What would be if he did two malachas and he realizes first about the one and then about the other? Like in this case, he did the malach of carrying the bowl and carrying the food and he realized in two separate a, a realizations that he carried the bowl and the fruit. So that Rabbi Yochanan would say, Chayev two separate chatois. So Rav Ashi is going like Rabbi Yochanan, Reish Lokish, and Reish Lokish says, No, you potter in that case. Okay, next point. The Mish, uh, next point, the Mishnah said, It's a Chayba potter afa ala mita. If you're carrying a live person out on a bed, you're exempt for carrying the bed. You potter also for carrying the bed. Why are you potter for carrying the bed? Because it's toffle to the chai. Why are you potter for carrying the live person? So we'll see now. Labor man is in Rebbe Noson here, it seems. Our Mishnah is Rebbe Noson. The loy rabbonin and not rabbonin. The Tanya, as we learned in a brisa, hamoitzi behemachayev oiflirushus harabim. If someone carries an animal, a wild, uh, domestic animal, wild animal or a bird, lushus harabim, bein chayin bein shchutin, whether they're alive or whether they've been shechted, Chayev, you're liable for carrying them. Rabbi Noson Oimer, al shchutin chayev, al chayin potter. The dead animals that you carry into Rishus Harabim, you're liable for carrying. The live animals that you carry into Rishus Harabim, potter, you're exempt. Why? Shahachayin noisets atmo, because a living thing carries itself. And there's this concept that if you carry something alive, you're not liable for carrying it because it, in a way it carries itself. On my rover, rover says, I feel you can even say it's the Rabbonon. 
says ad kan loy pligi rabbanon ole ad rebi nason ela babayim achayv oif. Rabbanon and rebi nason argue only regarding animals. The the misharbitiv nafshayu because animals try squirm them way, make them stiff or uh, squirm out and escape. So they're not helping you carry them. Aval. Um, aval Adam chay the noise. Yeah, aval Adam chay the noise says asmo, but a living person who does carry himself, afilu rabban and moite, maybe even the rabbis will agree. And um, so, what are we saying? Yeah, there's a machloi case, Rabbi Nason and Rabbonin, whether you apply the principle of chay noise says atmo to animals, but all agree that you apply the principle of chay noise says atmo to a person. So, just just one point is so, strictly speaking, carrying a person on Shabbos, a young child, a person, it's a question whether it applies to a baby or only to a person who can literally, a, a young child who can walk or, or crawl or move themselves. Um, but in that case, you would be liable for, you would not be liable for carrying Doraisa. It is still an Isudrabonim. They do waive it in cases like when the child gets distressed. So you cross in the road and then the three-year-old decides to have a tantrum. So you don't say, well, it's an Isudrabonim and I can't carry you. No, you pick up the child and move it. Since even if for whatever reason the child's distressed and they won't work, then you can alarm this. But it is an Isudrabonim, Chainoises, even though it's the Doraisa, it's not a problem because Chainoises, that's more. Man, it's not a isudrabonin. Now, Tosos asks you, what's the logic? Just because Chainoi says Atma, just because when you're carrying a live person, it kind of helps you bear its own weight, why should you be exempt from carrying? So, Tosos asks, um, maybe you want to say because it makes it lighter. So that doesn't make a difference. You're liable for carrying on Shabbos whether you're carrying a feather, a feather duster or a, or, a, or a huge backpack. It doesn't matter how heavy or light it is, you're still chayev. So it can't be just that, that he makes himself lighter. He says, maybe you'll say it's considered where two people do the malacha. He says, well then he would be considered a, a messiah. You could carry this three-year-old, whether it's resisting or not, you could carry the three-year-old. And even if the three-year-old's helping itself, it's still Messiah. So you should be, so that can't be. So therefore, Tosos want to say that, no, the reason is it's because it's what's similar to the Mishkan. In the Mishkan, they never ever carried live things, they only carried inanimate objects. And therefore... This is not like the Malacha was done in the Mishkan, and therefore you put it. Now, the, that's Tosa's answer. Again, what's the logic? Why should, just because you're carrying a live person, should you be exempt from a children count as carrying? So Tosa say, because it's, um, because it carries itself. Now, there's, the Rosh isn't happy with that, and he asks a few interesting questions, but I think, let's go on. Um, so, so that's the concept of Chai Noi says Asma. So now we just said that there's a Machloikes Rebbe Nason and Rabbonin regarding animals. Do we apply this principle of Chai Noi says Asma by animals? But both agree you apply it by people. So Omalei Rav Adabarava Lerava Rav Adabarava said to Rav Avohadatan what about the Mishnah where we learn? Now that Mishnah is discussing it is we say you're not allowed to sell a behemagasa, a large animal, to a non-Jew. And the reason is because you might come to rent the animal to a non-Jew, 
and it's and then it's forbidden and they'll work it on Shabbos and the Jews animals not allowed to work on Shabbos. So you're never allowed to sell a live animal on uh, Shabbos. So you're never allowed to sell a live animal because you might come to rent it, which is a problem for Shabbos. What about the Mishnah? He says you can sell a sus. Why are you allowed to sell a horse? Are you not allowed to sell an ox or a cow or a donkey, but you can sell a horse? Because a horse does malacha, that's not chayavachatas. What malacha does a horse do? It's for carrying people. And as we've just learned, if you carry a person, chayno says that's more, you're not chayav. So therefore, horses don't do malacha on Shabbos, and therefore you could sell a non-Jew to, uh, sell a horse to a non-Jew, because worst case is someone will come to rent it, well, the horse won't end up doing malach on Shabbos. But Omer Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yochanan explained Ben Beseira and Rabbi Nason Omru Dover Echot. Ben Beseira and Rabbi Nason hold the same thing. Now we Omart Deloy Pligi Rabbanon Eler Rabbi Nason Ela Bahem Achayav Oif Mishum De Mesharvita Nafshayu. If you if you hold like we said above that Rabbanon only argue on Rabbi on Ben Beseira on Rabbi Nason regarding animals because animals try to escape. Ma Arya ben Beseira, the Rabbi Nason, Omar Tafilus Rabbanamoyi. Why would Rabbi Yochanan come along and say that it's Ben Beseira and Rabbi Nason that line up that a horse never does malacha? Again, okay? a horse only does isura. A horse doing its malacha is only isur Rabbanan. Remember, Jews not allowed to let its animal do malacha on Shabbos. But a horse doing its malacha is only isur Rabbanan. Now we said that that's Rabbi Nason. But it's according to how we learned, it's even Rabbonin, because the Rabbonin said this concept, because we said, when does the rabbis argue regarding this concept of Chai Noiseret's Asmo? By animals, but not by people. And horses carry people, so why would the Rabbonin not allow you to sell a horse? So, Ki Omar Rabbi Yochanan Besus Hamiyuchad Laofas. No, Rabbi Yochanan was speaking about a horse specific to birds. See what that is? Omi Ika Sus Hamiyuchad Laofas. Is there a horse that was used to carry birds? It says, In Ika the Vaivaiden, there's the bird hunters. They used to, I don't know if it was, I think they used to use the birds, they would tie birds to the back of the horse as bait. For, and prey birds would come in and then they would catch the other birds. Or they would use these, somehow they would use these horses to carry birds in their hunting of other birds. Um, so what? So there, that is, yeah. Ben Becerra is the one who says carrying a bird is only a Isudra Bona, not Isudra Isa, because we say, and therefore... Ben Becerra is like Rabbi Nason because the Rabbonin would hold that's also. He says, Omer Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Umoida Rabbi Nason Bekapos, Rabbi Nason agrees that if the animal, that if it's tied up, we don't say, Chai Noises Atzmo. I this that we say, Chai Noises Atzmo is where you're carrying the child as it is. But if you tie up the child or the person and carry it, well, then it would be like carrying a load, and you'd be chayat. So, Amalei Ravada Bar Mosna, Rabbiya Ravada Bar Mosna said to Rabbiya, "Vaho hani parsai the command of the kafisi damo." For Amalei be um, oh, but Persians are like they tied up. Rashi explains the clothes that they used to wear, and they were very like uh, op- they lived a very opulent, uh, lazy, refined lifestyle. So they were as good as tied up when they were. You'd never see a Persian move as good as tied up. He says, Rabbi Nason and Ben Becerra say the same thing. Now you've just told me that Rabbi, ben Becerra, Rabbi Nason agrees that if the animal, if the 
person is tied up, then it's like a load. We don't say Chaynosis Atmo. But then why would Rabbi, ben, Rabbi Yochanan say, according to Ben Basari, you can sell a host to a Persian? Because a Persian's like he's been tied up. Must be this qualification is wrong. So Gemara says, no, Hossam Ramos Ruchuhu. No, there's just out of arrogance. That's actually never see Persians move and they dress in these clothes that restrict their movement is just out of arrogance to knock at Luhu and that they ride like this. And I'll prove it to you. There was this officer who the king got angry with. The Roy Tlosso Parse, the cry, and he ran three parses on foot. He ran very far on foot. So these Persians can move. They're not really tied like tied up. And that's why you can sell a horse to a Persian. Okay, so that's the discussion of Chaynoises Asmo. It seems to be we're pretty happy with our resolution that this concept of Chaynoises Asmo is a machloikes whether it applies to animals, but it seems most agree that it applies to people. And therefore, if you would carry a person, you would be potter. Then we move on to the next phrase in the Mishnah. If someone carries a mace on a bed, he would be liable. And so to a kazayas from the mace. Omar Rabbi Baba Khan, Omar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Khan says the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Omar Rabbi Yosef, Omar Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish. The game. Omar Rabbi Baba Khan, Omar Rabbi Yochanan, Omar Rabbi Yosef, Omar Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish. Potur Hoyor, Potur Hoyor Rabbi Shimon. Af b'moitze es ames l'koivro. Rabbi Shimon would say you even exempt. If you carry the mace to bury it. Now that's what? That's also a malocha sha'in srikha Now Rashi points out there's two aspects to doing a malocha that you can ask the question of, is it a malocha sha'in One is, is it for the one doing the malocha? I do, I need it. And the second one is, does the object need it? Carrying a mace to be buried is good for the object. It's a malacha shetrich alagufa. Again, remember Rashi learns it's always got to do with is it constructive or not. According for the mace, it is constructive to be buried. And therefore, for the, regarding the mace, it's a malacha shetrich alagufa. But regarding the person doing the malacha, well, he's got a dead body he has to deal with. He wants to remove it from his uh, property, etc. So it's a malacha she'enot shetrich alagufa. So that's what he's bringing, Rebbe, we're bringing out here. So Omar Rava, Rava says, Why did Rabbi Shimon? And Rabbi Shimon agrees that if someone carries a hoe to dig with, or a Sefer Torah to read with, he would be chayav for carrying. Oh, isn't that a Malacha Shein Shrikha Why is that a Malacha Shein Shrikha Because, well, I guess our Havamina is that We'll, yeah, we'll see the Havamina. It says, why you might have thought that it's not. It says, Pshit, isn't it obvious? If you're going to say, I want to carry, I need my book, I want to take my Sefer Torah to read with that shul, that's a Malacha Shein Shrikha Lakufa, then when do you ever get a Malacha Shetrikha Lakufa Rabbi Shimon? So obviously that has to be again. I need the Sefer Torah. I'm not carrying the Sefer Torah because I want the Sefer Torah in case in place B. I'm carrying the Sefer Torah because I want to read in place B. If you want to say that's a Malacha Shein Shrikha Lekufa, when do you ever get a Malacha Shein Shrikha Lekufa? He says, no, Maud Tema, Ad 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 Ad
No, you might have thought that to, to count as a melacha shetricha lekufa that you chayav on, it has to be for you, the one doing the melacha, and for the object. He says, for example, tas lachbar, um, sorry, mar lasois loy tas uvelachbar, to carry this, um, the spade or this hoe to sharpen and to dig with. And Sefer Torah, lahagia ulikros bar, the Sefer, sorry, the Sefer Torah you're carrying to fix it, to edit it, to correct it, to correct it, and to read in it. Kamash Malan, that you don't need both of those. I, as I pointed out at the beginning, there's two aspects to a malacha shetrichalakufa. There's for you, the one, for the one doing the malacha, and then there's for the object. Now, obviously, we say that if it's not for the one who is doing the malacha, then it definitely doesn't count as malacha shetrichalakufa. I, carrying a mace out to be buried, granted it's trichalakufa, it's good for the mace, it's not for you. It doesn't serve your purposes. And therefore, it's not Melacha Shechelikufa. question is, maybe it has to be for both. For you, the, for the one doing the Melacha, and for the object. For example, when would you be liable on carrying a Sefer Torah? If you carry it to Shul to ask the Sefer there to fix it, and because you want to read there. Then you're carrying the Sefer Torah for itself, because you want it in place B. And you carry for its benefit, and you're carrying it for your benefit. Maybe you would need those. Kamash malan that no, you only need it to be done for your benefit. As soon as you carry something, as soon as one carries something for their, for them, because they want it in place B, then they would be chayev. Hahu shachva dahave bedarukra. There was this corpse in this. It seems in the Rishus Hayochit, in the city Daruksa, Shor and Rav Nachman Yitzchak allowed them to move it into the Carmelis. So Amalei Rabbi Yochanan Achvad Demar Brei Deravna, Rav Nachman by Yitzchak, come on, who are you going like? Rabbi Shimon, like Rabbi Shimon, are you passing like Rabbi Shimon? Because it's a Melacha Shein Shrechelikofa, you don't want this mace in... Um, you don't want this mace in the Rishus Hayochi, that's why you're moving it into the Carmelis. It says, says, All that Rabbi Shimon said regarding Malachashainshrikalakufa is that it is not an Isudoraisa. You don't have to bring a Khatas. But it's still also Durabonan to do a Malachashainshrikalakufa. So how could you allow them to move this corpse? It's still granted Rabbi Shimon says you haven't done an Isudoraisa because of Malachashainshrikalakufa. It's still also Durabonan. So Amalei, Hoelokim. The Ayelta Bay um Dayalta Bayat you have reached an understanding my Philula Rebbe Yehuda I was saying even according to Rebbe Yehuda Demika I mean a Rishus Harabim did I say you can carry it into a Rishus Harabim which theoretically would be a Isudoraisa the Carmelis coming I was saying could you carry it into a Carmelis Godol Kovar Abrios Shedoiches Loisa Seshe Betoira Great is Kovar Abrios it even pushes aside a loisa say in the Torah. So, what's he saying there? No, here it's only a isudra bonan to carry into Carmelis, from Rishus Ayochid to Rishus to Carmelis. 
and therefore everyone would agree because of Kovar Ames, maybe it was left in the sun or something, or in the, there were dogs in the Rishul Sayochid or something like that, so I wanted to move it, in, allowed them to move it into the Carmelis because of Kovar Abrius, because of Kovar Ames. There's a very interesting machloikas here, I don't want to go into the details, but do, Kovar Abrius is for live people. Do we say Kovar Abrius for a corpse? Um... And then, uh, yeah, and a few other interesting questions. I'm just trying to remember what some of the other discussions on this were. Yeah, another another thing they discuss on this is also you, there's two problems here: is muktzah and carrying it into a karmelis. So some bring that you do it in a way that it's not muktza. Remember we learned earlier you can put a loaf of bread on the mace and carry it and then it's not muktza anymore. But some say no, but then you carry two things into the Carmelis, so that's worse. So there's a discussion of what's the best way to get around. Should you transgress two Yisraeli Rabbonin or one Yisraeli Rabbonin? Um, yeah. Yes. Come on. Call a mate. You could think of it in terms of Tashmisha Kodesh. Because it used to have a soul in it. It's Hailik Elohim. It's Hailik Elohim. You know, just thinking that that's called a mate. Um, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Okay, carrying on. It says, Tnan Hasam, we learned regarding Tsaras. Hatoyleish Simone Tuma. If someone picks out the signs of Tuma, some of the Tsaras, the identification is two white hairs. So what happens if someone picks out one white hair? The Kivya Hamache, or it's, a, it's an afflicted part around healthy skin. So what happens if you burn that healthy skin? Over Beloisa, so you transgress a negative commandment. You've removed the Tzaras, you're not Tom anymore, but you've transgressed a negative commandment. Itmar, it, it's been taught. Achas mishtayim chayev. Acha, you definitely chayev if there are two hairs and you remove one of the hairs, because now the person's made himself from a Mitzorah into a Tahor person. Achas mishalosh, what happens if he removes one of three hairs? This person had three white hairs on the Tzaras, and therefore if he just removes one, he's still at Mitzorah. Says Rav Nachman Omar Chayev, Rav Sheishes Omar Potter. Rav Nachman says he's Chayev, and Rav Sheishes says he's Potter. Rav Nachman Omar Chayev, Ahani Masov the Imishakla Chada Achrisi Ozla Lo Tuma. Rav Nachman says because he's still been of his Chayev this negative commandment of removing his Torahs because he still had an effect because now that there's only two hairs he removed the third one. If something happens to one of those, he'll be tahor. So it's still effective. And Rav Sheshes, Omar Potter, Rav Sheshes says his Potter, Hashtamiyos, or Isyelatuma. However, now there is Tuma, he's Tomei. 
I, this removing this third heir doesn't make any difference. At the moment, he, he was Tomei as a Mitzorah, and he's still Tomei as a Mitzorah, so it made no difference had he moved his hair, and therefore it is fine. Omer of Sheshes, Mino Aminolo, how do I know that this is the case, that if you do something that is, you go after the now, does it make a difference now? Says the Tanan, as we learned in Al Mishnah, the Chaim Kazayis Min Ames, the Kazayis Min Anavela Chayav. If someone carries out a Kazayis of a Mesh or a Kazayis Min Anavela, he would be Chayav. Hochatzi Zayis Potter, implying that if he carries out half a Kazayis of a Mesh, he would be Potter. Now, again, this is all in Rabbi Yehuda, but why is he Chayav? Because he's saved, he's take his Dana Melochesh and Shrikhal Aguf of carrying a Kazayis of the Mesh, which is significant, a transverse tumor, into Rishus into a different rishus out of his house. She says, oh, but implying that if he carries half a kazais, it's potter. But there's another bride which says if he carries a chatzizais, he's chayav. So which one is it? If someone carries half a kazais of food, of, of a mace, sorry, of a mace, from one rishus into the other, from his house into the public domain, is he chayav or not? So he says, what's the, how do we resolve the two prices? He says, my love, hot tanya chayav, this, that we said, chayav, it's where he took off half a kazayis from a kazayis. And why is he chayv there? Because now there's no tumor. Remember, a mace only transmits tumor in a kazayis. So if you've made it into half a kazayis, it's not going to transmit tumor anymore. And that's why it's been a significant act. And this that is. Um, Potter is because he's carried out a kazais from a kazais and a half. He's done an insignificant act. When he pulls off half a kazais from a kazais and a half, there's still a kazais left in the house transmitting tumor. So he's done an insignificant act. So, so too with one hair out of three, he's done an insignificant act. And Rav Nachman, Aidi Vaidi Chai, Vohotan Potter, Dafke Chatsi, Zais, Mace Godel, he says, No, that's no proof. This, that the Bryce says that it's Potter is where he takes half a kazais from a whole corpse, from a huge mace. There it's insignificant. But if there's exactly a Kazayis or half and he takes out half a Kazayis, well, he's really done a significant act because now if anything happens to some of the remaining Kazayis, it won't transmit to him anymore. So it is a significant act. And that's their Machloikas and that's why this piece is brought here. Okay, so the next Mishnah says, Hanoitel of Zubazu, if someone removes his nails using another nail, so he like peels his nails, or he bites his nails. And so to his hair or his moustache. And so to his beard. So to someone who braids their hair. Or uh, I guess this would be a woman who braids her hair. Or paints her eyes. Or um, combs her hair. Rabbi Lezer says, And the Chachomim say, No, it's only a shfus. It's only a isudrabonon. Now, there's a question on this Mishnah. Why is it brought here? We've been discussing carrying, and that's what, I, the chap, that's what we've been discussing for the last few prokim, and that's what we're still discussing. So why all of a sudden do we have this Mishnah discussing um, cutting nails? So according to, so Samuel explained, according to Tosfos, it's very good. Because according to Tosfos, you have to say, this is a melacha she'ena trichle gufa, and this Mishnah must be Rebbe Yehuda. Because again, as we've mentioned, she, the melacha of cutting your nails is shearing. And shearing is, uh, and there when, in the Mishkan, when they would shear, it was to collect the wool. When you cut your nails, or bite your nails, or peel your nails, that's to get rid of the nails. So it's a malachashen shrikhala gufa. 
So that's all very well according to uh, Tosfos, that this is a Malach, it's a tangent on Malach, according to Rabbi Yehuda. And then I guess once we're discussing fixing part of your body, um, like cutting your nails, then we also discuss doing your hair and putting on makeup. But according to, and then and that would make sense, and then the Chachomim would be Rabbi Shimon, who starts only at Isutrabonon. All these things, you're not doing them for the same purpose as the Mishnah. But that answer wouldn't work according to Rashi. Because remember, we learned according to Rashi, what's the definition of Malachosha and Trichalagufa? When you remove, when it's a scenario you don't want to be in, and you're removing it, you, you, you want to get rid of that scenario. Whereas, Cutting your nails, yeah, you want to get rid of the nails, but you want to do it. You want to look smart. You want to look pretty. You want to look neat. And therefore, your cutting your nails is constructive, and it's not necessarily a melacha shayn shrikha So according to Rashi, um, yeah, you're going to have to explain it differently. Uh, you're going to have to come up to a different reason why this mission is here. Obviously, the halachas in the mission in the mission make sense. Oh, you cut your nails, you chayev. That's because it's a melacha shayn according to Rashi. According to Tosfos, no, it's Rabbi Yehuda. But according to Rashi, why is this Mishnah here? Okay, they do discuss this. Omar Rabbi Elozo. Rabbi Elozo clarifies this. He says, Machloikes begyad, avabilchli chayev. This said it's a machloikes if you cut off your nails. Is it a isu dorai, so drapon, and is only where you cut your nails by hand, by peeling them. But if you would use a kli, you would use a nail scissors, you'd be chayev. Shit, isn't that obvious? Zub, zub, and the Mishnah says if you remove your nails one with the other, are you peel your nails? Maudetayma, no, what would you have thought? Rabbonin, bekli nami pottery. No, the Ramahs might hold you pottery even if you use a kli. Vahodik, tani zub, zub, la diecha koicha, de rebi eliezer. And this, that it says you chayav, even if you use your nail, if you peel your nails, that's to show you how far Rebbe Lezer goes. Rebbe Lezer says it's also even if you peel your nails. Never mind if you cut your nails, but even if you peel your nails. And the Ramahs argue about Kamash Malan, that the Ramahs agree you'd be chayav if you use the scissors. Yeah. And this yeah, this also makes it a little bit difficult to say it's Melacha Shein Tzrichel Gufa. Which according to Rashi will be easy, but Rashi gives. So what's this for? Why are you chayv if you use nails, but not if you use? Why would you be chayv if you use scissors, but not if you use your if you just peel them? Because if you use scissors, that's the normal way it's done. If you peel your nails with nail with just peel your nails or bite your nails, that's not the normal way to remove your nails, and therefore it would be a shinu and isu draponen. Again, this machloikes is all where you removing your own nails. But if everyone agrees that if you remove your friend's nails, you potter. And that is, again, because that's not usual. People don't normally cut other people's nails. But this is obvious. The Mishnah says, his nails. This is no Nami Machav, maybe Rebeleza says you even chive if you cut your friend's nails, and this that it says he's potter if he cuts his own nails, if he peels his own nails, to hold that the rabbis hold even in your with your own nails you potter never mind with your friends. That you would be that the Rabbonin would agree, Rabbonin and Rebeleza would agree you potter. Okay, then we said so to his hair. Tana 
Now we learned in a brisa regarding what's the minimum shear? How much hair do you have to cut to be chayev? So hanoito molo piazuk chayev. If someone cuts off the tip of the scissors full of of the scissors, he would be chayev. The kama molo piazuk. How much is that? How much is the end of the scissors amount of hair? So Amar Rav Yudah Shtaim. Rav Yudah says it's time. He says, how can you say it's time? For hot time, you look time. Later on in that Mishnah, it says to transgress, making someone bald is is two. Uh, we know there's an issue of making someone. The Torah says you're not allowed to make a bald spot in mourning for a mace for a for a deceased relative, and it says so. The Mishnah says to transgress, cutting on Shabbos, it's kamole piazuk, and to transgress, making someone bald, it's two hairs. Sounds like they two two different amounts. He says, no, Tanya Nami Hachi, we have a, um, sorry, uh, let's get down, Omar Abudash, Vahot Tanya, says, Eimer v'chein l'kor choshtayim, so too, if he makes himself bald, it's two hairs. So it's, both are, both, you transgress the Isur of cutting hair on Shabbos, if you cut two hairs, and if someone makes himself bald, or a bald spot in, out of mourning for a deceased, that would also be two hairs. Tanya Nami Hachi, we learned in a brisa, the same thing. And Rabbi Lezer Oimer Achas, the Tanakama says two, and Rabbi Lezer says one. Umoidim Chachomim LeRabbi Eliezer b'malakait Levenos Mitosh Chayros. The rabbis agreed to Rabbi Lezer that if someone plucking out their white hairs from their black hairs, Shafilu Achas Chayv, that even if you only pull out one hair, you would be Chayv. And this would even be forbidden during the weekday. It was normal for women to dye their hair or pull out their white hairs so that they look younger. Um, um, but so that's there's an issue in the Torah that men are not allowed to wear women's clothes and that refers to doing these practices of beauty that are unique to women. Dyeing white hairs or pulling out white hairs. So again, so it comes out as follows. We've said it pretty clearly. How much hair do you have to cut on Shab? Does someone have to cut off their own hair to be chayv? What's the minimum shear? Two hairs. Which is interestingly, what about the, what's the, the issue of making someone bald uh, over a dead person in a sign of mourning? That would... Contra Chachomim be two hairs, or contra Rebeleza be one hair. And regarding the issue of pulling out white hairs, so that um, from amongst the black ones, um, that would be even one hair. And that is, so that's not connected to Shabbos, that's any time. And that's, yeah. Tanya, Rebbe Shimon ben Elazarai, Metzi Poiren, Shepiresh Ruba, Vetzitzin, Shepiresh Ruban, Rebeleza. Rabbi Shimon Elazar says, if you have a nail that had mostly come off, but sits in Shapishurova, or the strands of skin that sometimes come off around the nails, that most have come off. Beyad muta It's mutar if you remove it by hand, but you'd be chatas if you removed it with a kli. Umi ika midi That doesn't make sense. When do we ever find something that is chayav chatas on the one hand? With a kli and completely 100% okay, mutar without a kli. If it's chayav chatas with a kli, then it would be isudrabonin without a kli. So he says, Yeah, hachi this is what it said. Pishu rubon biyan mutar bikli potter avalosu. If most of the nail or the skin had come off 
to move it by hand would be potter avalosim. It would be, sorry, mutar to remove it by hand would be permitted, and bekli would be potteravel asur. Loipishuruban, if a majority had not come off, beyad potteravel asur bekli chayochatas. If it had not mostly separated, I was just a little bit of skin or something, or just a little bit of nail um, broke, broke. Then beyad you'd be it would be potteravel asur isudraponen bekli chayochatas. But if you cut it off by kli, you'd be chayochatas. Omar Rav Yehuda halachik Rabbishum ben Elazar. Rav Yehuda said that halacha is like Rabbishum ben Elazar. And Omar Rabbi Baba Chana, Omar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Chana said name of Rabbi Yochanan. Who she pirshu klape mala mitzaros asa. This is where they've they've peeled off facing upwards that they actually cause him pain. And this heter of Rabbishum ben Elazar that if the skin's mostly peeled off, you're allowed to pull it. Is where they face upwards and. Uh, um, and they cause pain, but if they face the other way and don't cause pain, it would only be an isur drabonon. Um, so, just one point, um, just to end off. So, this last piece, lahalocha, it's a bit tricky. What are the what's the skin that's facing upwards that you are allowed to peel off if it started to come off, and what's the skin that isn't? Um, but especially if it's um, so, I think if I remember correctly, in Shulchan Aruch, the Mishburu basically comes out. You shouldn't really ever peel nails or skin. Because it's hard to identify which uh, which category it falls in, um, but they might if it's causing pain and it's mostly off, there might be a good header to rely on to pull it off. Okay, and we'll leave it there for today.